Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashat Pinhas and we see that from the beginning of creation until the Mabul, the universal flood, Hashem would speak directly to people, to mankind. He would tell each individual what he wanted from them and he would rebuke them when he saw that they weren't weren't behaving in the proper way. We see how he spoke openly to the snake, how he spoke openly to Adam, to Ahava, to Eve, to their sons, Cain and Abel, and even to Noah. But after the, 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 the flood, this relationship with Hashem, this open relationship uh, ceased to exist and only very special people that lingered in the world like Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov were very special people, were able to have nevuah, they were able to have prophecy and they were able to uh, listen to Hashem. So after the second temple we see that this prophecy, this nevuah uh, left the world. We don't have prophecy anymore. God willing, it will be restored when Messiah comes. But up till, up till the destruction of the temples, we still had prophecy in the world. Today, we don't have prophecy. And one of the reasons why Hashem took this away from us is because people were very promiscuous. And we see at the end of last parasha, the parasha of Balaam, in which he hires uh, Balak, in which he hires the prophet Bilam to come and curse the Jewish people, and he can't because they're behaving so well. And then at the end of the parasha, he tells uh, Balaam, the king of Moab, he counsels him that the way to get the Jews to get Hashem's anger towards the Jewish people is through making them um, promiscuous. And that Hashem hates promiscuity, he abhors promiscuity. So one of, so, so the story of Pinhas is that he was the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron HaKohen, and um, he saw that this prince of the tribe of Shimon, uh, was not behaving properly. He was being promiscuous with a woman from the Moabite camp. And uh, many men were doing that and they were idol worshiping the, the, the idol Baal Peor. And we see that Hashem sent a plague and 24,000 men died. And the way that this plague stopped was when Pinhas, who was a zealot, killed Cosby and Simri in the act and uh, the, every, the, the plague stopped and he saved many, many, many more from dying. So one of the most destructive poisons of any generation, but especially our generation, is the acceptance of promiscuity. Because one thing is that people have these very permissible lifestyles, and another thing is that it becomes accepted by society. The problem is not that people are how they are. The problem is that society makes it look that it's okay. And that's what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, that their laws of evilness, evil laws, like if a person was giving charity to someone, sedaka, they would be hanged and killed. Like doing goodness was a crime. So when we see that society starts getting uh, degenerate, 
their values, whatever is wrong in the eyes of Hashem, they start making it look as if it's okay, that's when you know we're in trouble. So the, the acceptance of promiscuity is the, the problem. So very permissive, the very permissive people, very, the world has become a very permissive world. It seems that all barriers of modesty and decency have been breached. You know, in life, we need to have boundaries. This is a healthy thing for any human being. We cannot be people that we do whatever we want, whatever makes us feel okay, do whatever makes you feel happy. Love is love. You know, that's the new slogan of people, love is love. But I ask, is it love? Is it really love? Or is it an egocentric, selfish need to be accepted by doing something that is really wrong. So these things that were seen as very wrong in, 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 in the olden days, in today's world, they're not seen as, as bad. Not only they're not seen as bad, but they're accepted and they're encouraged and, they're, and they're, uh, make, they make a party about it. So, so we see that it may even makes people proud. So the excuse of this permissiveness is the new religion of openness, of, of, of being open-minded. And, um, and that we go with whatever makes us feel good and whatever makes us feel happy. However, the brazen lack of modesty in the world does not signal that humanity has reached a state in which cherished principles such as openness to tolerance, respect, and honesty are nowhere to be seen. We don't see this today. We don't see honesty. We don't see tolerance. People, maybe they're very open-minded, but they, if a person thinks differently than them, they're not open-minded. They're anti-tolerant, completely anti-tolerant. And instead, we're experiencing a time that is cloaked with darkness and lack of clarity. People are getting very confused. I'm sorry, but people are getting very confused today in the genders, in, in many things. It became a very confusing world. So every day, the people of the world are more confused. And in a mystical sense, which is very interesting, I learned this from Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg, in a mystical sense, what has happened is that the superficial and shallow has captured the limelight. And this is exactly what happened in the times of, of Pinchas. When the Moabite women came to entice the Jewish men in the, in the Jewish camp, and they brought with them their idol, this idol, Balpeor, what, what did he represent? People used to eat in front of him and defecate in front of him. And this was the, the way that they worshipped him, by defecating in front of him. Imagine this is the way you worship a, a god. And, and what does that mean? It means that people were making important the unimportant. They made the most stupid things the most important things. And just as the people were idol-worshipping the Balpeor, at that time, they were focused in, mo in the most external, physical, and profane parts of our existence, like the lowest of the lowest. So the more a person attaches himself to the intense desires of the bodily pleasures, the soul with the, within the body gets obstructed, and it loses its path. It loses its guide. And the true love that goes beyond physical desire 
and pleasure. People lose it. They don't even understand what love really means. You know, Hashem creates a world in which he has to create antagonistic things. He, he, not everything is sunny and bright. We also have a dark part in this world. And it's also a creation of God. This comes from his back. It's called klipa. It means, klipa means that it's concealed. It's like, a, like when a fruit is in, in, its, in its, you need to peel it to be able to bring out the fruit. This is the same thing. So all these desires, these mundane, low desires of the body for pleasure, 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 really are rooted in very lofty places. The desire for, for having intimate relationships, for example, comes from a very holy place. Hashem created these desires for a purpose. And the purpose was that a, a woman and a man should get married, should have a home, should bring children to the world, and, and, and bring up good, decent people to the world, and, 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 and bring goodness to the world. This is the whole purpose for it. But what happens is that people get these desires, these pleasures, instead of using them for holiness, they use them for their own selfish, uh, 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 giving themselves their, their pleasure for themselves, for their own selfish uh, reasons. So this is the world we live in right now, and it has happened through the ages. We read it in the Torah. It has happened and happened and happened. And there is no way of escaping it. There's no way of living in a, in a, in a, in a, in a neighborhood where none of these, of these things happen. Even in the most religious, in the, in the places where the most holy people live, things happen. Nobody's exempt from it. These type of things are part of our world. And it's in the news, it's in the books we read, it's in the TV shows people watch, it's even in the commercials you see it. It's everywhere. And so it's very, very um, concerning and for parents today to know what they should do with their children. How do you educate people? How do you, how do you educate yourself? to not fall into this very dark trap. So how should we then approach and understand the promiscu promiscuous and degenerate rea reality that we're living in? And what can we do to rectify it? So the Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg gives a, an incredible explanation, uh, which he learned from the Baal Shem Tov. And he says that the Baal Shem Tov explained the difficult to, these difficult to understand words of the Psalm 144, 14, in the verse 14, it says, May our oxen be heavy laden, so there should be no breach of migration. May there be no loud cry in our streets. So this is verse 14 of Psalm 144. And we're going to see what the Baal Shem Tov was trying to explain here. So in other words, those who know that the Aluf Haolam, the world champion, is Hashem. For people that recognize God and they see God everywhere, and it's not that God created a world and he put it to run and then he left. It, when people think like that, then they can, they can fall into sin. But a person that knows that Hashem is the Aluf Haolam, the champion of the world, he fills the whole world, the heavens and the earth, and he ha there's an eye that sees, an ear that hears, and everything is written 
in a book. This is empirical avot. So when a person lives with this knowledge, then he's strong enough to contain himself and not fall into sin. So we see here that the, the, the oxen in the verse is referring to Hashem, and it, it refers that it's everywhere, and that he knows that there is no place that is void of him, and he's able to withstand all the hardships and the concealment that life in the world uh, brings. And this is the heavy laden that the psalmist, the psalmist is talking about. The heavy laden is the, is the world. It's a heavy load. We carry a very heavy load. It's not easy to live in this world of superficiality in which you have a body with a soul which is completely spiritual and is trapped in this body living a physical existence. We are not physical beings. With a, with, with a soul. We are souls living a physical existence. It, that's the difference. So the person that sees Hashem in everything, the person that sees the Hashkaha Prat is divine intervention in, in everything and in everyone, is able to overcome all the enticement and threats of the world, of the environment, which tries to swallow up anyone who dares express a different and approach and strive for inner meaning. So the goal is not only to increase our capacity to carry the burdens of, the, of life. I, I read a beautiful quote that says, life doesn't become easier but you become stronger and it's beautiful and it's true. Life doesn't become easier. Your new potentials come out and make you stronger to deal with the burdens of life. But there's something more. It's not only that. What, it, what, what it's more in this is that we have to adopt the approach that there is no place that is void of Hashem. Yes, the world doesn't get any easier. We get stronger, but you know what? Hashem is with you. He's always there. He's pushing you. He's cheerleading for you. He's giving you the tools to be able to overcome any difficulty that comes in your life. He sends the right person, the right moment, everything for a person to be able to come out of whatever uh, hardship is going through. And the second part of the verse that we read says, so there should be no breach or migration. May there be no loud cry in our streets. And what this means is that when one is, con is constantly aware, this is a, we need to become aware, constantly aware of Hashem being everywhere, that you see God everywhere, not only in the street, in your house, in the privacy of your house. When you have Hashem with you always, you, you know there's certain things you don't do. I remember a few years ago, we rented an apartment in the old city of Jerusalem. We, we had the married, the Sehut, to be able to be there for a month. And this apartment overlooked the Kotel. And um, I remember the day that we entered into the apartment, there was this huge building, huge window that overlooked the Kotel, the Wailing Wall. And the lady that was bringing us to the apartment, I looked at her and I said, Noah, this is overwhelming. I'm not gonna be able to even walk in my pajamas here because I feel like Hashem is watching me constantly. It was like it brought that awareness that God is always watching you, but in this place, it felt like he's really watching you, you know? 
So like there was a TV in the apartment that says, how do you turn on that TV here? Like you can't even turn on a TV here. Like you can't walk in your pajamas. You cannot be doing things you shouldn't be doing. And I remember I wouldn't get dressed with the shades uh, open. I would turn on the light and get dressed and close the door. And until I was dressed, I wouldn't open the shades. So this is the constant feeling that we should have in our lives. Not only when we're in the kotel or in the synagogue or in a very holy place. This is a feeling that comes from awareness of, of, of knowing that Hashem is everywhere and He's watching every step you take and He's listening to every word you say and He sees everything you do. So, so this, this is what it means that then there is no erasure of borders and limits, no breaching of boundaries, and therefore there will be no immodesty and promiscuity, and finally this will bring no more sorrow to our cities, there will bring no more sorrow or cries of grief into our streets. This is the protection. The, this is what protects us. We saw it in these two parashas. It's very clear. Hashem speaks to us every time. We have to really guard our thoughts, our speech, our actions. We have to be careful what we're watching, what we're here listening to, what we're doing, with what type of people we're engaging, with who do we surround ourselves with. We have to be so careful. And the most important thing here that Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg uh, tells us is that the route of promiscuity, the root of promiscuity, I'm sorry, comes from a consciousness of darkness. People become promiscuous because they have a consciousness of darkness from the false belief that God doesn't care, that God is not watching, God doesn't care. Hashem created a world. He has more important things to do. He's not looking at me and he's not looking at anything I do. And that we have been left to our own devices and can do as we please. This is the root of the problem of any sin. I'm talking about promiscuity here, but in reality, it has to do with any avera, any sin we commit, anything that severes our relationship with Hashem comes from the belief, the false belief that Hashem is not watching and that He doesn't care about you. And the reality is, Hasidut teaches us that, that we have to strengthen the recognition of our trust in Hashem. We have to really see Him everywhere and that He's involved in everyone's life and loves each person like if that person was His only child. He's very involved in every person's life. So much more. The first commandment says, I am the Lord your God that took you out of Egypt. It doesn't say, I am the Lord your God that created the world. Because if he would have said, I'm the Lord your God that created the world, it would mean, yeah, I created the world and I left. But I am the Lord your God that took you out of Egypt means I am the Lord your God that cares about you and takes you out of your constrictions. So, so this is the most important aspect of keeping ourselves straight-minded, healthy-minded, in mind, body, soul, and the, and the rectification of this lack of awareness in return will envelop our life with much blessing. As the verse says, they will be blessed on both the physical and spiritual spheres. This comes from Bereshit. 
and the physical plane means that we will be blessed with birth of righteous generations. We will bring righteous children to the world that are going to be modest and happy, and they're going to be fruitful and multiply. And the spiritual plane is the dissemination of the most inner wellsprings of Stora to the most external places on, on earth. So I want to wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.